You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. One, two, three, four. Get your woman on the floor. <laughs> what? I'm gonna get up, get down. Oh, that actually makes sense for this episode. Oh, it does. That's a song. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 47. Babe, I've decided today Uh-oh. that I am going to eliminate the phrase, you know, from my vocabulary. Oh, and I'm not going to say like, unless it's yeah, right. like relevant. <laughs> Get it. You just said it. I know. Captain, there's always somebody that's got to point out. Always somebody. Well, I, I'm not even joking. I am not going to say it. I'm going to use pauses instead. So for those of you who are like, I think I want to start a podcast someday. Pauses <laughs> are supposed to go pauses in the are your space. Yes. Uh, pauses are supposed to go in the space where you say your filler word. And also, it's funny because they don't always know, probably, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. So when Chris is always, you know, you know, well, you we're mean, not even, we're, you'd think you're from Oh, Canada. they don't always know. Yeah. Right. Like, but you always say, you know, like, well, no, that's why I'm listening. I don't know. Enough small talk, Jonna. People, the people like the small talk. Let's talk about sex. Baby, let's talk about. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. You don't want me to sing it. Actually. No one knows about that. No, for real though, guys. Guys, we are going to go back to the taboo, which should not be taboo, subject of sex today. So, forewarning, if you're listening to this, you know, just out in the open where your kids are around, you might not want to. Especially if they know us, they might learn something that they don't want to know. You don't want them to know about us. They might us. learn a little more about us than they anticipated. Family members, just turn it off, please, Sandy. <laughs> My mom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not like uh, sex is a natural part of marriage and life. That Was that supposed to be your mom? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. Here we go. Here we go. So going on from last week's episode where we talked about selfishness in marriage, uh, something that we- Could you pick up the energy a little bit, John? <laughs> so going on, just go ahead. You're so you're so rude. I'm. You were just a down. little dull there. I'm. I am not. First of all, I'm not the dull one in this relationship. You're not. But I have a lot of coffee in me right now, and I it's don't. the morning, and this is when I thrive, baby. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sitting down because I'm a bum who's pregnant, and I did all the things yesterday because apparently I'm nesting. But anyways, beyond that, it's relevant because you have to have sex to get pregnant. Um. You really threw me off. So <laughs> last week we talked about selfishness in marriage and we touched on a few of the different ways that we are both consciously and subconsciously selfish in marriage. And um, I think one way that didn't always occur to us that we were being selfish in marriage, again, is in our sex life. Oh, show. Yes, definitely. And I think what what we want to share today is some some ways or methods that we have been selfish in in our sex life and then also stories we've encountered and then some reasons why. And hopefully these 
reasons and ways will resonate maybe in something that's going on in your life and you'll be able to learn a thing or two because Again, this podcast is about our picture-perfect marriage judging you. (laughs) (laughs) You're stupid. No. Yeah, I mean, this isn't all about what we've experienced personally, but I feel like generally every marriage has at some point or will at some point experience a disconnect in their sex life or a, you know, um, an unbalanced you know, where one partner is satisfied and the other one may not be. But I don't know that anybody's ever really taught us how to discuss that because I don't know a lot, even though it's weird because sex is such a big part of media and society. And it's not like it's a secret subject. It's actually everything is sexualized. However, I don't, it's still like a, you said like a hundred times, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm actually getting mad at you. Okay. 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 okay sorry. <laughs> Stop. <sighs> Anyways. Goose frappa. What does that even mean? It means calm yourself. I think. It's no, from... you keep throwing me off. Okay, okay. Okay. Sorry. Anyways. It's still a thing that a lot of people feel like they're supposed to keep behind closed doors or in your own relationship. Um, but nobody really teaches you how to talk about it or what's re- what's what's appropriate or whatever. So even in a marriage that has good communication, um, you're just trying to thought because I was looking at my phone. That's yeah, okay. I'm, I'm done. I was I, oh geez, <laughs> the hormones are raging. They're raging at the moment. Okay, look. So the reason I was looking at my phone is because I was making sure I knew which episode. To refer people back to. So the string of episode 11 and 12 is where we dove into sex in depth with a sex expert. So if you haven't listened to those, head back to those after this episode. But I think something that's important to, to recognize is that episode 11 is called awkward sex, bored sex, no sex, great sex. And that definitely defines a lot of our marriages. I think, I think something that, uh, me and John have always talked about being very open with each other when it comes to any conversation. And I'm not going to lie, we have had literal times where it was like, oh boy, that was awkward or <laughs> or that, that was great, you know, but oh, dang, I said, you know, but that's okay. Uh, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. Because you keep calling us out on our, I know. On our filler words and it's completely uh, confusing it us. Is, it is. Stop. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Let's get back to the value. Yes. Well, what was your point in bringing up? Because we've we have we've already talked to an expert, a sex expert, as we like to call her, Candice, um, and she walked us through a lot of things. But we still didn't dive deep enough into the fact that a lot of times we're taught or we naturally learn because we are selfish beings by nature to be selfish with our sex life. So some of the ways that we are, are things that you might not even realize that you're being selfish. So, um, and this, this comes from our own personal experience. Not all of these come from our own personal experience, but also just research. I mean, we we found so much information. We're both in individual moms and dads groups or wives and husbands groups on social media. And then obviously the friends and, and family or people, you know, you hear people talk. So, 
Um, here are some ways. So only caring about our own needs and pleasure. It's, you know, I think that you should tell the story about the podcast that you heard that like was a light bulb moment for you. Do you remember that? Was it Vince's? No, I thought it was um, Dave Hollis. Yeah. Uh, Rachel and Dave Hollis. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So we were listening to Rachel and Dave Hollis and there was an episode where they had a sex expert come on and they were talking about how important it is for you in your in your relationship sexually to really prioritize your partner. And that was a really interesting concept to me because the truth is, at, kind of going back to last episode, I guess that was episode 46, mm-hmm. going back to episode 46, I talked about how we are inherently selfish and we we go through this cycle of life where we're selfish and we're supposed to just stop. And that's really hard for people, obviously. And I think what is interesting about this is I've always looked at sex before marriage as, okay, well, this is something pleasurable for me. And you would assume when you come into a marriage together, that you're creating something pleasurable for yourself and she's creating something pleasurable for her. And it just happens to work out for both of you. But the reality is that's not the best method. And after we listened to that episode, not to get into too much detail here, but I I was very aware that I wanted to prioritize her and her needs uh, sexually, and it was like a very good experience. That's why we got <laughs> pregnant with number four. Bam. <laughs> no, but really, it's something that you just don't always think about, and and it goes opposite way too. I know a lot of times women, especially after having children, we don't have as great of a need for it. Not all the time, but there are plenty of us I've I've seen and heard and talked to that after having children, for whatever reason, there's lots of reasons <laughs> that make us not need it as much as our husbands for a while, at least. And I never really connected the dots that even that is being selfish. And it's a slippery slope and there's a lot of different ways we could go with that. But basically putting your needs lack thereof or not, what's the other word lack thereof or thereof <laughs> yeah. um, first is being selfish. And it, and it's, that sounds like such a negative word and almost would probably rub me the wrong way if I heard it at a certain time, but to realize it, it doesn't mean you're maliciously being selfish. It's just something that if you're not aware of, then how can you improve? I agree. And I will say that in at least a woman after babies and stuff like that, hormones are imbalanced. Hormones are different. And so sex drive is naturally lower. So for any guys out there who have, who have just felt a natural day of like lower sex drive, probably what women are going through um, a lot. And then when they see us not connect with them and they see us, you know, not want to help them in different things like that. I think the sex drive just bottoms out. And, and then, like I said, last episode, we come at them like, bam, 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 let's go. And it's just a bad idea. And then, like, and then we, get, we get uh, in our own heads because we're like, what am I ugly? We're not good at this. Blah, blah, blah. It's a vicious cycle. Well, I feel like, I feel like with that, it's just made natural to not talk about it though, to just be like, to just accept it. 
you know, after our first was born, I feel like you just accepted it because people talk about how, I mean, it's actually a running joke that once you get married and have kids, there's no sex life. Like that's what people, you know what I mean? You always see yeah. jokes about that in, in shows and right. memes and stuff like that. Right. So we begin to kind of just accept it. But in reality, sex is such an important part of an intimate relationship. I mean, God designed it to bring us together as close as we possibly can be. Right. And for guys, I know, and I'll I'll speak for myself and many of the guys, we find a sense of masculinity in sex. So even, even you know, pre-marriage relationships and stuff like that, what what is the driving force for guys when you upon research and stuff is that sex is when somebody opens themselves all the way to you. So completely, right. (laughs) Completely surrenders to you. And for guys, that's a sense of masculinity. So you're like, this person is actually surrendering everything to me. And it, first of all, the masculinity almost promotes the selfishness because you're like, well, this is about me. This is about this person surrendering to me. And that's what is, I think, such a big turn on about sex. And like I said, going back is it's become so selfish. And we've thought of our own masculinity and our own need for it that, like you said, it comes down to connection. And then if we're not connecting on a regular basis, not sexually, but just connecting and showing we care and love you guys, uh, then it's it's going to be harder to come by. Well, and the point that we always go back to or that we've said a few times is men are like microwaves or toaster ovens and women generally, not always, I know there's always an exception, but generally are like ovens. We need more time to heat up. And and kind of what you were saying earlier, how if you don't connect with us at all throughout the day and then come at us at night, it's like, it's almost, it's almost insulting because you're like, excuse me, where was my attention at all today? Not that it needs to be a game, but it's just a feeling of we need to feel that want and desire and, and loved. And and I mean, we do need it to be, a lot of us want it to be romantic, intimate experience, not just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's hard though, because, well, and we're going to get into this. We've said we're going to get into this. I will tell you we will get into this because I I believe that based on this episode, a resource to help people is going to be probably hearing my story on pornography because pornography is a big piece of this puzzle uh, for a lot of people. I think the statistics are still pretty staggering that over, over like, oh, what is it, 70, over 75% of males uh, are actively looking up porn. And that's a lot. And including, I'll throw out the uh, Christian males here, including high 60% of church-going Christian males. And so this isn't just a secular thing. This is this is a, a new drug and a rapid addiction and problem. And I think it really affects people's sex life big time because, again, it goes back to how we are inherently selfish and we're just like, okay, this is all about me. And when we dive into that world, it becomes so much about us that we can never make it about anybody else. Ooh, 
Yeah, but we're not. We're gonna keep teasing you. Somebody brought it to our attention. We keep saying when we do our porn episode, and that sounds different than what <laughs> it's meant to right. sound like. So, as in when we do a podcast episode on pornography, um, another another way, another way that we are selfish in our sex lives, and this is so touchy. So I'm gonna be the one to approach it instead of my forward speaking husband, fitness coach husband, um, is letting ourselves go. And again, it's touchy. It's it's a slippery slope, but it is just the fact that if we are not taking care of ourselves physically, our health, our bodies, not saying you need to look like um, a fitness model or anything, but we're not taking care of ourselves. It does affect our sex life. I know for me personally, especially right after having babies, I don't feel as good. And when I don't feel as good, I don't want to have sex as much because of my own personal insecurities. And that's selfish on my part to not, not engage my husband in that way because of how I feel about myself, because it's still my husband and he still has needs just like I do. Um, But it is, it is hard and when you don't feel good. And so I noticed for myself over the past you know, seven years after when I'm working out, when I'm eating well, when I'm taking care of myself, even if I'm not at my goal size or weight or body fat percentage or whatever, I am more sexually active with them because I feel better. And so when we let ourselves go or when your spouse lets themselves go and you're in, in, it just is what it is. I'm not, I don't look, I'm turning into you. I don't want to sugarcoat it, but there's plenty of times where you hear husbands or wives talk about losing attraction to each other because they get locked up and they're like, yeah, I don't got to try anymore. And that is a form of being selfish. It is a form of being selfish. On the flip side, you'd be surprised for me to bring this part up. On the flip Are we switching side, roles? Well, I'm just saying on the flip side, it's important to realize that sex is not about us though. So while while our spouse might be having struggles with weight and feeling unconfident and all that stuff, Yes, it's not about them by saying I have to feel confident to have sex, but it's also not my responsibility to say like, oh, well, I'm not going to give you sex because you lost it. And so I think, and I realize that is a touchy issue because at some level you have to be attracted, right? But I think what it comes down to is if you don't have the conversation, it's always the uncomfortable conversation about like, hey, we need to get ourselves back here to where we were or close to it or whatever, or to a place where we're both connecting on a deeper level. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of just a double-edged sword. It is. Because that conversation, I can assure you, won't go that well. (laughs) Right. If you're the man coming at the woman saying, yeah, you need it. Because that can sound so jerky. Like, that's what it's all about. And it doesn't have to be that. Some of it is just taking care of your health. If you're sabotaging your health, which we all, I think, have gone through phases of doing, if not regularly, it it is selfish because you're not taking care of yourself for your family, not just for sex purposes, but it is a form of being selfish. Again, that is probably subconscious and needs to be brought to our attention, not in a a convicting, judgmental way, but in a, oh, crap, I never thought about it that way. And that's a different form of motivation for me to take care of myself. And I just thought about this. I feel like this is something that happens. 
one, let's say the husband is not giving connection. Uh, the husband is not fulfilling the need of connection to the wife. The husband is doing their own thing. They're doing their hobbies. They're doing their video games. They're doing all the selfish stuff. And so maybe subconsciously or consciously, the wife's like, screw it then. Mm-hmm. I don't have to take care of myself. And I know that's a pretty deep subject, but think about it. I'm sure that happens out there on a regular basis because, well, if he's not going to try, I'm not going to try. Yeah. And so that becomes a means of justifying where you're at. And it's almost like two wrongs make a right. Oh, and it's so sad to see because that is at that tit for tat mentality is. Tit. <laughs> okay, Chris. <laughs> You're like a seventh grade boy. She said tit. <laughs> a tit for tat mentality of, of yeah, I'm not going to give unless they're giving. And I'm sorry, but in a marriage it is not, it, it that is not a level of marriage that we should be striving for. If you want a successful, thriving marriage, it should not be only if they do this, I do this, which is not always easy to be selfless when you feel hurt and frustrated by like, like you said, if somebody, if your spouse is playing video games all the time or doing things that don't include you and you're like, well, forget you, it's understandable. You're not wrong for feeling that way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that does not, it's not going to improve your marriage for you both to be in the wrong. Not at all. And we're going to get into some pretty extreme examples here in a few minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That we found that we're like, Ugh. Um, <laughs> but I think something else that's important to realize and and something that has occurred to me, and if you've gone back to episode 12 in our podcast, Sexual Triggers, there is past baggage in a lot of our lives. So first off, the Me Too movement comes out and we find out all of these women and some men have been, have been victimized. And then we look at past baggage through bringing two people together from two separate lives and the odds are not with us. And so I know in our marriage, we have past baggage. Both of us have issues that, um, that have affected our sex life. And so first off, if you're someone who feels like you're alone and you're like, Oh man, me and my spouse are not having good sex. We have past baggage, past issues, communication, all these issues going on. Uh, I think it's important to realize a lot of people, probably more than not have a, have sex issues. And it's important to know that you should and and need to talk about it mm-hmm. because if it it could be really hard. Okay, so for me, my past baggage has to do with sexual trauma and if I would have never told Chris about that or we would have never walked through what that looks like and how that's affected me. And even, even back to just recently talking to that sex expert about triggers and stuff are, are, he would view me and our sex life a lot differently. He wouldn't know how to handle it. And even still sometimes doesn't know how to handle it because it's such a touchy subject, such a slippery slope, such a difficult, sensitive area to navigate. But your spouse needs to know that because I mean, if you didn't know, I'll tell you a, a time I didn't know and how awkward it was on our honeymoon. Oh gosh! On our honeymoon, we had our maybe, poor honeymoon. We had so maybe terrible. the worst fight up front in our marriage that we've had in like maybe ever. It's it's definitely in the top five. It's in the top so five. We're at our honeymoon, and obviously you're gonna do what you're gonna do here, <laughs> and and 
I just remember like it got super awkward because I guess I looked at her a certain way, like almost kind of like I was looking at her like she was a piece of meat instead of my wife. And you approached me in a a way that triggered me. mm -hmm, Yep. And I just remember being so confused. Like, is this how our marriage is going to be? Are we going to have like this awkward, like you stop, you stop me and you're like, whoa, don't look at me that way or whatever. And I did not understand at all. And that was a huge fight for us. And it made like the next few days pretty awkward. Well, it hurt your feelings because Mm -hmm. I stopped you and it was awkward because, (laughs) because this, it just, it was awkward. There was no, there had expectations yeah, yeah. and the expectations were just like killed. (laughs) 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 Right. No. And, and I can, and I recall, I just remember walking out of the room and just sobbing on the floor. Like, is this what marriage is going to be like? He's going to get mad at me if I can't have sex with him. And it's a very, it was a very, it was a painful moment because we did not know how to handle that. Nobody. And I went to therapy for this stuff because it was long before Chris and, and nobody prepared me for how to approach that or what to do when that might happen. I didn't even know it would happen until it happened. And like I said, it hurt Chris's feelings because he didn't know. He just was like, what? Whoa, whoa, we're on our honeymoon. And what do you mean? I'm looking at you creepy. You're making me feel creepy. You know, like right. it was just very, very uncomfortable. Um, yes. And if we would have never, if he would not have known what I had been through. And even though you did know, but you didn't know that affected us. I did not. You're yeah. just like, I'm your husband. I, mean, I love you. I'm looking at you. Cause I'm, we had to I'm, experience it. Yeah. We had to experience it, but the point is, I, I will tell you guys this, okay? When when we look at our listens on our episode, our sex episodes are like almost triple any of our other listens. Mm-hmm. So that should tell you something, how people are seeking this information. because And so if you are struggling in your sex life, you are not absolutely alone. not alone. <laughs> like Clearly, you know, people are going to listen to triple the episodes on sex that they will anything else. So trust me. Don't have this feeling of imposter syndrome, like you're not good enough or something weird is going on in your marriage that's behind the scenes. Talk about it, communicate about it and be like, a lot of people are struggling with this. And look for help. I mean, that's why we are incredibly transparent right now and vulnerable. I mean, it is vulnerable. We're talking to each other right now, but in the back of my mind, I know people we know and people we don't are hearing about- Mom. (laughs) <laughs> your mom, yeah, your mom are hearing about our sex life and about and about my trauma. That's this stuff's hard to talk about, but we're talking about it because I just believe there's so much power in somebody hearing something that resonates with them and understanding I'm not alone. Other people are going through this too. They or they've overcome this and it'll give you hope. It gives me hope. So if you're wondering why we put ourselves out here like this, um, that that is with the hope of you knowing you're not alone. So on the flip side of, of the past baggage, there's also past baggage from premarital relations. Now, if you're not a Christian and you don't follow this, that's fine. We believe that God created sex and he created it for marriage. And we believe that that hurts our sex life, that we had premarital relations. And I think bringing that into your marriage causes expectations and just causes it to be, I think, between that and media and all these things, sex is watered down compared to the experience it was meant to be. Sex is way watered down. And we will be very transparent and say we had, both of us had relationships pre-marriage. 
sexual relationships pre-marriage. And so we're not saying like we would assume this affects your sex life. Right. We're telling you it has affected our sex life. And that may or may not be just because of feeling guilt from the past or whatever. I'm not sure what it is, but I do know that uh, it, it, it definitely has. Well, it's such an intimate, it's such an intimate experience with your spouse. And when you get to the level where you're actually feeling that intimacy, where you're actually feeling that intimacy and it's not just about the act of sex. Cause we, you know, we, that's been the goal for us to get to. You realize that subconsciously that you've experienced this with other people or your spouse has experienced this with other people. And it's, I think it's just always there, not in like a jealous way, but just it's, it's always in the back of your mind that, you know, that the steepest, most connected, most intimate moment has been shared with somebody else. Yeah. Agreed. So another way, one of the fi- one of the final ways, because we're talking about ways and then reasons. So another way we might be selfish in our sex life, and this is so common, so common. You'll know just by some of these things we're going to read here in a minute, uh, is using it as a, a reward system, as either a reward for good behavior, treating me well, or doing the dishes, slash withholding it for not treating me well, not being helpful around the house. The, like we were talking about earlier, the tit for tat mentality. That's very selfish. And it breeds, it breeds a feeling of, at least on the guy's end, like, what am I a puppy? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it breeds a feeling of, of frustration and of it's, it's not authentic. It is not authentic at all because if you know sex is a reward system, you're like, okay, if I do this, I'm going to get this. If I don't do this, hmm, yeah, I guess it's worth it, right? So it's not the actual thought of, I want to treat my spouse with love and respect. And then, hey, we'll see what happens. Oh, cool. that That's a bonus. Instead, it's, okay, I know if I do this, I'll, I'll get this. And that just doesn't feel authentic. No, I mean, we've joked before that once Chris started helping with the kitchen and stuff that he right. got laid more. but Which is true. But it wasn't it but it wasn't a reward system. It wasn't a conscious reward system, at least. It was more of we're feeling more connected, more loved, more appreciated. Like we were saying earlier, those are things a lot of us women need to feel to get that's kind of our foreplay is is feeling that, okay, he sees me, he loves me, he appreciates me, he knows that I need help. Those kinds of things make us feel wanted or or Love. That's how you preheat the oven, gentlemen. That's, just do some chores and you will preheat the oven. But when you're blatantly using it as a reward system, like, yeah, I'm not having sex with you because you spent too much money or because you stayed out too late with the guys or because I just don't, you know, I'm not attracted to you. Those kinds of things withholding. It's not okay. It's not okay. And I know, again, I know that's a slippery slope because there might be other reasons, maybe your baggage that you were withholding, but you got to work through those because your spouse needs it. You need it. Your marriage needs that connection. Yeah. And I think that relates pretty well to broken trust. I feel like people maybe put the reward system in after the trust is broken Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, this isn't really a connection thing anyway. This is just, I'm going to fulfill your needs when you do something for me, because at this point you pissed me off or you hurt me. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously in a relationship that has trust issues, 
the intimacy is going to struggle. So if you or your spouse has had an affair or has is towing the line with inappropriate conversations or looking at pornography or maybe even struggling with a different kind of addiction, those things are going to impact yours and your spouse's ability to connect because like we said in the last episode, transparency to me, transparency and the vulnerability we have in our marriage is what yokes us, is what connects us. And I can't, I don't know, I just, I can see how obviously like, well, I don't know. I don't trust my spouse. I don't know. Maybe you don't know if your spouse has cheated, but you sense something is off because, I mean, we know. Generally, you can sense when something is off. And you're like, well, I'm just not going to go there then. Right. Let's get into the dirty details. Wait. What? You you have something else to say? I always have something else to say. You sure do. Well, there's just, I mean, there's plenty of other reasons we might be lacking in our sex life. I feel like it's a very, I mean, there's. You mean selfish in our sex life. Yeah, which obviously makes you lack usually. True. Or maybe you're not lacking. Maybe you're having it regularly, but it's because it's a checklist. You feel like it's a duty that you just need to do to satisfy your spouse and you're not getting anything out of it. I mean. Which is selfless. Which is selfless, but also just not fair to you. Not fair to you to not communicate right. your needs or your spouse is being selfish by not caring to understand. But yeah. Basically, the answer to all of this is being selfless. Honestly, the answer to turning around your sex life, turning around your marriage is thinking of your spouse more than you think of yourself. So when you think about your needs and your pleasure, flip that on its head and just be like, how much does my spouse need relations? How much, you know, am I prioritizing their pleasure in this area or am I just thinking about myself? And I'll say this really quick. I can already sense that maybe maybe a wife or a mom or a woman is listening to this and is like, well, wait a second. If I do that, my husband's going to take total advantage of this. And so I would have the conversation first, like, hey, I want to connect better and I want to put you first. And so that way it is set. The expectation is there and they feel that love and they know it's coming rather than it being something like, wow, she just randomly started like giving me more sexual favors and th- things are going better. I, I'm not sure that's the best route to take. I would say the better route to take would be to have the conversation up front. Well, yeah, I think that the conversation has to be had because it needs to be, it needs to, it still should be mutual. I'm not saying, especially trust me coming from, the baggage, the the trauma that I've experienced. I'm not saying just do it all the time, even if it hurts you or you don't feel, you know, it's hard. It's a, it's, it's a hard area to navigate because I don't believe we should. I believe it's, it, it, I don't know. It's hard to explain if you're doing it and you don't want to, especially if you've experienced, if you've been a victim before that could really mess with you mentally. So I think it always comes down to just being really honest and open in your communication and making sure you're both prioritizing time together. Maybe that's a better way to to say it. Not just, you know, if your spouse wants it seven days a week, that's probably just, especially if you have little kids, I don't understand how that's possible. 
And I don't think that's, I don't know. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. But I also don't, I don't know. I feel like that's, there needs to be some give and take still because that's exhausting. <laughs> seven days a week. That's funny. Yeah. Seven days a week. Yeah. Well, I don't even believe people. If you have sex seven days a week I, and you have little kids, I need to hear about it. <laughs> I need to hear about it. Uh, <laughs> message me. Give us your color block schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do schedule it in and have like, and, and I see the benefit of scheduling it in to make sure that you're aware, I but I also... It. Listen to this. The guy who wants to schedule every I ounce of everything. Because what sex has been is kind of this exciting, like, oh, this is happening. Okay, let's go. <laughs> this is and happening. Not not like a eight o'clock. Let's get this on. Sexy time. Just like, shut up, dude. Okay. But like I said, Personally that's very ironic Personally because you like to schedule everything. Well, how about this? I'm so structured in my life that rigidity is pretty important at some level. And so right. I'll, I'll take rigid random sex. How's that? Okay. I'm just saying. For some people, it helps them to schedule it in to make sure that Which they're is fine. aware. It's just not us. Shush. To make sure that they're aware of how often they're doing it. Or I think something that actually helped me, side note, when we were trying to not get pregnant, I used a fertility tracker in because I, I wanted to try to naturally keep us from getting pregnant. And so when I did that, I could mark each time we were intimate. And, and I had a visible calendar that showed me, ooh, like we're not doing so hot. Or, hey, we're doing pretty well. Because it's easy when you're not really tracking it or paying attention to just be like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, we're probably doing it plenty. And your husband's probably like, yeah. That's actually a good point. We're not. People should... Should use that. If you're not having enough sex, you should probably have some type of a gauge to understand how much you are not having or how how, how little, little sex you are actually having. Because, yeah, trust me, the guy is thinking about it. Yeah. And it's easy to just let every day just fly by and be like, yeah, no, we're, prob- we're, we're fine. We did it like, uh, and then you look back at your calendar you're like, ooh. I feel like women with sex are kind of like guys with flowers. What? Sometimes. So, so guys who bring flowers are like, okay, cool. I have brownie points for the next month. Right. And then women who are like, all right, let, let's have sex are probably like, okay, brownie points for the next three weeks or, or something mm-hmm. like that, which is hmm, interesting. I will put myself out there and be extra vulnerable and say, stop moving that cord, dude. Sorry. I will say that there have been times in our relationship where it was a duty, a to do list checker for me because, like I said, kids, exhausted, postpartum my body, yada, 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 where we would do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm at least in the clear for a couple of days. Right. Not that you were even like doing. I mean, it. let's be real. It's more like a week. You don't know what my mind, oh, I don't know. My mind said, <laughs> okay, I'm in the clear. At least we don't have to do it every night. So and when you were hoping I'd forget and then, yeah. Yeah. And then I slip <laughs> in under the covers and you're like, hey. why do we have separate blankets? You're like, hey, I'm like, I thought you were asleep, demon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, Hilarious. a lot of us have been there, so I'm just going to put myself there you go. out there. Okay. So some research we did for this episode or just in general really opened our eyes to how much of a problem this is in marriage. So first of all, this one mom group that I'm in, somebody did a survey and I was shocked at the votes. Actually, they're a little bit different than what I thought they would be. 
most people in the group voted that they and their partner have sex one to two times a week, which does seem pretty average. Yeah, that's pretty good. From a man's point of view, is that sustainable? I mean, I'd say so. I'd say so. With four kids or three kids right now. A small percentage said every day, which I just can't. I just don't believe. I don't know why. But then again, I will say maybe these people haven't had sexual baggage or triggers or things like that. Because for you, if it felt like a chore or like, this is a terrible word, but almost like you were a slave to it. Oh gosh. Then I, I think that would be a really bad trigger for you. And so maybe your frequency of sex is lower in your head and people might be like, well, yeah, that, that, it's okay for me because I haven't experienced anything. That's but those who have might be with you. That's a good point. I actually would like to interview a couple who waited till marriage, both of them. Yeah. Because I'm just curious to know, because I think a lot of us just assume, oh, well, that was probably just awkward and you probably didn't know what to do. And But maybe it's like mind-blowing, connected and, you yeah. know. So if you and your spouse waited to marriage and you want to be on our show and put yourselves out there. You want to talk about sex with us? Or you can be anonymous. We, we don't have to tell anybody. Yeah. Well, you, we have to know who you are. But We'll do one of those 60-minute voices. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time you're like, so if we got married. <laughs> That's not really how they sound, but they do sound like deep and kind of creepy. Okay. So, and then, but listen, there were actually votes for people. There were actually a significant number of votes that said every few months and some that even said, what is sexual intimacy? And a lot of, a lot of comments were just, just made me sad. They're talking about how, you know, the typical stuff we talk about, they're tired, the kids get in the way, they're overly touched. A lot of women complained about their spouses caring more about video games than them. Um, a lot of, a lot, and I'm only going off the women's view because this is a mom's group, a wife's group. A lot of them said that they initiate and get shut down, which I was surprised by. Whoa. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. And that made me think in the back of my mind, well, their husbands are doing something, not necessarily cheating, but there's something going on for... They're fulfilling their own needs. Yeah, for them to be shutting their wives down consistently. Because I, I was, I was surprised to see how many posters said, yeah, I initiate That's and I'm giving That's gotta up. be porn. Yeah, or an affair or... Probably porn, but yes. Or insecurities. I mean, there's a lot of it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So one thing I liked that a woman said, and, and it resonated with me, is that she said she never regrets having sex with her spouse. So she said even when she doesn't feel like it in the moment, she never regrets doing it. And I think that's a good way to look at it because it is hard to get yourself there sometimes. It just is for all these reasons. Trauma, kids, pregnancy. I mean, I am eight months pregnant right now, and I will spare you the details, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if you've ever seen me right now, my belly is huge. Okay. There's only so much you can do. And so I liked that perspective because it is so important to connect. So what are some things that you've seen in dads or husbands groups? Cause this is just from the female perspective here. Uh, I see, I just see a lot of bitterness and anger. I see a lot of posts like, Hey, uh, who out there like doesn't know what sex is anymore. And then it's just like, Ooh, a thousand comments. People are like, yep, me. Yep. Got it. And then in this particular group, people are like, love your wife anyway. And um, 
and the Bible says it doesn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're right. That, that's cool. But at the end of the day, like connection is important. And so, um, and so I think a lot of the people I've encountered have been bitter about it. Very few people have been like, yo, having sex every day. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it is across the board. It is a tough subject. Uh, an that whole group is riddled with porn. So much so that people have actually got on there and been like, guys, I never looked at porn. Um, but you guys talk about it so much that I have now I'm addicted. Like, and it became a trigger for me. And people were just like, oops, <laughs> because the whole group, and this is, and this is a Christian group, the whole group, uh, out of I don't know, 11,000 guys. I mean, every single day, you're going to see at least five posts about porn. About struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's it. I mean, I just, it's just, it just shows we need to talk about it more. We We're going to talk about it next episode. I got you. Well, no, not just porn. Just in general, we need to be more open. We need to be able to talk to each other and even our friends. I mean, we have a couple friends that we are very open with and that we've talked about our sex lives with, but more in like a joking kind of manner. Yeah. But I, I think it's important to have couples who you can be open with and, or maybe not in like a couple's group session. That's a good, don't, don't come back. Don't do that. Advice. I feel, well, think about it. That could become like a little bit of a trigger for people. Like we, we, it's, it sounds kind of weird because like you said, we had it kind of like a joking way. Like, yeah, okay. We all have sex It is what it is. But I kind of feel like if you don't have a very strong relationship, um, that is a little bit, uh, I don't know, to- toying with fire a bit. Well, I don't, I don't understand. You mean because of you could get too, what do you mean? Too wrapped up in what they're talking about. Well, I don't mean share your most intimate details. No. I mean, I think it's important to have community and people who you can talk to, like maybe not as a couples, right, right. but I meant like if you're a man and you're struggling with something, you need to have a friend or somebody else to hold you accountable or to be able to talk to. Or as a woman, I think that we need to be able to talk to each other and, and maybe somebody, I need somebody to tell me like, Hey, you're not looking at this the right way. Like your husband needs X, Y, Z. You need X, Y, Z. I thought you meant couples talking because you wouldn't want the guy to hear about the girl, the the other wife and then the other husband, you know, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, eh, we don't want to say that. But well, yeah, because obviously that can yes. be a be a trigger to be turned on Big and time. you yeah. don't want to be turned on by somebody else. So right. gotcha. I see what you're saying. Okay. So I meant having people in your life that you can talk to because this is not talked about enough, especially newer couples. I wish somebody could have mentored us better in the beginning to walk us through these things. I almost wish and we didn't even finish our premarital counseling actually, but that's because it was long distance and whatever. But I think that should be a bigger part of premarital counseling because they tell you, Oh, a lot of couples fight about sex. So boom, there it is. But it's like, Hey, what is your sexual baggage? What have you been through? And then let's work through this before you get married, because that is going to be a huge um, barrier. Let's be marriage counselors. I guess we're going to be married. I mean, we're like, I'm not technically a life coach. So there you go. There I am. I'm a marriage counselor now. Life coach. I'm a sex coach. And we're marriage podcasters. So there we got go. all the credentials. Boom. Uh, sign ups uh, link below. <laughs> no, but seriously, do you not think that if that would have been a part of our premarital counseling, it'd been game changing. That honeymoon thing wouldn't have blown up because you knew about what I'd gone through, but we did not know how to handle it. And we 
even our marriage, even our married, our married night, our wedding night, we're like, okay, so we're doing this. <laughs> like, right. it was it's just, we needed that. We needed that conversation ahead of time. I agree. So that was my big, long-winded way of saying, talk about it. Either get help, talk to people. I mean, you can talk to us about it too. We've We've been through enough things that we could probably navigate it. So, okay. So now I'm going to move on to some of this is funny and some of this is sad. I found an article through Pinterest uh, talking about real life people who say why they stopped having sex with their spouse. Real life. Yeah. Yeah. Married people. It's crazy. Yeah. Obviously they're married because I said they're having sex with their spouse. Okay. Go ahead. They're real life people. Yes. Real life. (laughs) (laughs) Real humans. So this person, celestial this person said we got married and had kids. Tremendous humans. Shut up, Chris. Honestly, guys, if I don't kill him before this episode is over. (laughs) I've had freaking 40 ounces of coffee. 40? 40. How how big is this? 24 ounces. (laughs) I'm feeling large. You're stupid. Sorry, it's the so first word I saw. You made me so mad during this <laughs> this episode. I actually asked him halfway through if he wants to start over because my temper tantrum in the beginning, but I'm good now. <laughs> so, anyways, this person said we got married and had kids, which is you know sad but funny because we were just talking about how a lot of people that's that's like literally a thing. Um, this person said my wife decided three years ago sex is too icky. Well, there's that. <laughs> um, uh, maybe he smelled. I mean, or that smells. would be icky. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Honestly, we're both just not attractive anymore. Better to masturbate. <laughs> and that, th- those are my type of people. Just honest. Just, <laughs> I know. Let's just not cut corners here. <laughs> Do you know what I just thought of, though, which is kind of funny, is that people could take just hear that clip <laughs> or just, you know what I mean? <laughs> hear this podcast and just take that clip. Like, whoa, what, we should, what we should make say? it the hook. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, wait, what? we'll put it before in the intro. Um, this person said, we're both on antidepressants, which have totally messed with our sex drives. That's something we didn't bring up, but that is definitely very common in today because I mean, they hand out antidepressants like candy and I'm not saying that, and I mean, I've been one of those person persons, people who have been on them. So I'm not saying that in a critical way. It's true. You just go say, I feel sad or angry or whatever. And they just give you a pill mm-hmm. and it does. And those raise insulin and cause weight gain and all that. And it makes you less. You were oh my God. what an amazing woman of God. What were you? <laughs> it's so crazy. It was so hard. What? It was so hard. You on antidepressants was so hard. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Are you shocked? <laughs> you literally had to get off of those. But they didn't make me crazy. They you, just made me don't. I didn't care. You were hard. <laughs> what? I. You're triggering me. This is an on-air conversation this we've not had. Conversation and what? It, you were just hard. You were. You, well, the first <laughs> bout of it, you were crazy. Like, okay, okay, sorry. Easy with you your words, were, bro. You were just very extreme. And then when you got on, like, I don't know if it was a higher dose or something different. Maybe I should have known you were just like a wall. And that, oh, wait, are you talking about that time that, that we got problem. that huge fight in the parking lot at our old apartment? And you told me to go take my whole bottle of crazy pills. <laughs> crazy pills. Whoops. Yeah, that sounds like the worst. Wait, seven years in, if I could go back in time, I should just say, you did, 
that sounds really bad when I said it out loud now. He didn't mean it as in what it sounds like. <laughs> that I, sounds at terrible. The time I meant it because I was a jerk. You didn't mean to kill myself. You meant to. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what it sounds like. Go take your whole bottle of pills. You meant oh, it as yeah, in yeah, yeah. you need to get rid of all that crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Onward. Yeah. I'm going to take that part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Um. So, yeah. Apparently, I was a nightmare on this. No, but they did. They made. That's why they're not for everybody. They made me extremely numb to. I just didn't care about anything. So, anyways, onward. That is that something though that affects sex life. And that again, they didn't tell me. They didn't like. Hey, this might make you hate your husband. But, anyways, babies and antidepressants stay away. What? I'm kidding. Weird. <laughs> if if you want a really really good sex life, I think that. This person said he gained over a hundred pounds and I'm just not attracted anymore. You can comment on these. We, we, we covered that one. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just a matter of letting yourself go and then justifying maybe lack of connection or, or just justifying. I don't care anymore because I'm locked up, which isn't fair. No, it's not fair. I'm going to read this whole paragraph one because I think it will resonate. And you told me to make sure I read it. Quit moving. Sorry. She said no so often that I quit asking. I'd rather be celibate than accept a pity lay or have her have sex with me out of duty. I'm good looking, relatively fit. She's just more in interested in exhausting herself with kids and other people and doesn't save enough energy for me. So I just decided to reset my mental expectations so I'm not disappointed or angry at her. No unmet expectations equals not angry with my wife. Feels more like we're roommates who are partners in raising kids than anything else. Yikes. Yeah. That one is, that one hits home for me because, because I remember there was a period of time where I did give up. I was just like, screw it. And I wasn't going elsewhere with it. I, I pretty much was just like, hopefully my sex drive drops a little bit uh, because I, I remember specifically feeling like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Out of, like, I'm not going to allow this to be pity because that is, that really hurts. That really hurts your psyche and your confidence level. And I remember that very clearly being an issue for me. Putting me on front. I just, well, it's, it's you're not the only one. I've had so well, many conversations. Yeah. I've had so many conversations with friends who we've actually had conversations where our husband said the exact same thing. Like, I just don't try anymore. And and that conversation again had to be had though, because I remember feeling so embarrassed and sad when you told me that because I'm like, I never meant to do that. I never meant to not, I, uh, nobody ever turns you down. Just like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it is, it has to do with being overtouched and just wanting to breathe for a second when you go to bed, when you have little people who are just on you all day long, but it is an excuse. It is not an excuse at the end of the day, but looking back, you should communicate that, not do what he did. He did not. He, I appreciate that. This guy said that it does make sense. If you don't have expectations, it doesn't hurt you, but definitely, but that's not the right method. The conversation has to be had. It's not, but when you go inside your own head, you come up with a logical explanation. You're like, well, if I don't try, I'm not going to get denied. And if I don't get, or, and if I do try and I realize it's pity, then that's just going to hurt my confidence. So let's just not try altogether. But that's about you. That is about you. Correct. That you are right. That is correct. 
So you don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. I'm, I am putting myself out there saying I have done this. Uh, it was not a great strategy. This person said, he said she started blatantly using it to get something she wanted or to cover up something she did. Yeah. Uh, ooh, can I put you on blast? Are we ready? Again? Jeez. <laughs> okay. You were just trying to just. So I remember, I remember, this is going to be pretty vulnerable. Hopefully you're cool with me sharing this. Um, <laughs> so I, I remember in specific, whenever you would uh, maybe get too intoxicated, that was, that was your method of like making sure I wasn't mad. And that was, that was something that bothered me because I felt like you were trying to cover something up. Yikes, dude. That that was oh. a little bit <clears throat> much. But again, our problems aren't unique. So we share these things because we realize this is something maybe you have gone through before. And I guess I shouldn't put you on blast and let yourself put you on blast. But it triggered something for me to remember that was something that bothered me uh, because you knew like, well, as as long as I give him this, he'll be fine. It's true. I can't. It's true. But. A lot of that stemmed from the baggage, the trauma where I felt like I had to drink to get in the mood. And that's another that's another one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that we forgot about. And that is something that I know a lot of people feel like they have to be drinking to put themselves in the right state of mind because your inhibitions are lowered and you don't care as much about what your body looks like. And maybe it makes you feel a little more sexy and and that's a slippery slope because it can trigger some it it can be a trigger and obviously it had been for me in the past right sandy Sandy, please turn it Uh. off (laughs) um okay so here's another one well actually and on that note i feel like there's i've heard of women saying you know like i spent a bunch of money and my husband's being mad so i'm just gonna you know pleasure him to get my way out of it this one said still don't care you gotta hit the budget (laughs) shut up (laughs) do it right (laughs) this one says the truth my husband's not very good at sex and shows no interest in improving in a way that will be enjoyable for both of us she goes on to say that That they had different experience levels and she thought it could work but let's see I'm paraphrasing here this one's long she said he won't even do reciprocal things. They've been married over five years. And yeah, well, this one's pretty intense. And that is intense. But you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. I think that I think that if she hasn't had the conversation with him that hey, I need more from you, maybe he doesn't know. And I and that is an awkward and we talk awkward about, conversation I know, though. I know. But then again, I will also tell you that there's a good chance he does know, and it needs to be it needs to be brought to the to the forefront. And so, if he does know and is beating him up, and then she affirms it in a constructive way of like, "Hey, like let's let's work through this together. Like I I still love you and I want to connect with you." Um, okay, so that's a tough conversation. Okay, walk this through. Say there's a woman who's listening and is like, "Yeah, like." I, it's just not that enjoyable for me and I don't know how to talk to my husband. What, what can she, how can she? That is on the spot big time. I know. Oh boy. Um, gosh. Cause I'm sure there's somebody sitting there like, yeah, I mean, he, 
he doesn't know how well, to. How about this? How about this? How about how about go back to episode forty four and talk about would you wish? And this is a weird one, but would you wish your marriage on your kids? And input the sexual part and well, just hear me out and say like obviously sex is an important part of marriage. So like, would we hope? that our kids were able to connect with their spouse on every level. And you know what? Like, are we, even even though they don't see it, are we connecting to the point where, I mean, does this make sense or, no, or am I getting weird? You're getting weird. Okay, sorry. I just don't know where you're going with that it. That might have been a little weird, but. Because I don't want to think about my kid's sex life. No, you, you don't want to think about your kid's sex life, but you also know you sex is an important happy, part happy, yeah. of marriage. and so And so at some level, you have to, find a way to ask the question like, Hey, I'm, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about assessing every area of your marriage. This is better. This is better. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast. We're talking about assessing every area of your marriage. And I think there are some, like we have never gone deep on all of these areas. So let's go deep on all of them. Oh boy. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. No pun intended. Oh, we are a hot mess So let's today. go deep on all these areas. And then when you get to sex, you're honest and you're like, okay, how do you feel about our sex life? Do you, do you feel like I'm performing good enough? Um, and then they would probably ask you feel like I'm performing good enough. And at that point, yeah, <laughs> just opening the floor for the conversation yeah. and, and you not, have to have it. and not a critical finger pointing way, but in a like, yes. Hey, let's be constructive together. And you have to be willing to take it too. If and, well, what's the alternative if you don't have the conversation? That's what you always have you to ask just yourself. live with a terrible sex life. Yeah, which as we're reading this stuff, we're like, yeah, we've this got is some that sad. say that. I think they, I'm sure I can find one. There's oh yeah, actually that lady, this person says at the end, this was her final piece to this long paragraph. She said, outside of the bedroom, he's not a bad husband, not great, not terrible. Still, the specter of having incredibly short, incredibly bad sex a couple of times a year for the rest of my life is depressing. So once the kids are grown, I'm out of here. Yikes. Like that breaks. And that's very selfish because she's only thinking about that. And then you look into people who have like paraplegic spouses and stuff like that, uh, that maybe can't have sex or like they started a relationship perfectly, perfectly capable. And for some reason they can't, something happened or whatever. And then you look at how selfless those people are. And think to yourself, like, well, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, at some level, yes, you need these things, but you can't just chalk it all up to this is about me. I'm out. Right. Well, and it's just sad to have the mentality of when the kids are grown, I'm out of here because you're not doing your kids a favor. You're not doing your kids a favor by staying together just till they're grown because you're not then you're not showing them what like we talked about before not showing them what a good relationship is like and by putting that first you're actually hurting them i don't know i think it's worse almost to see it and well i think people tell themselves this story like where they're avoiding reality altogether and not understanding that if you're living in a fantasy world nothing's going to change and so um gosh a quote i heard the other day and i keep saying it and i love it is the what is it? It is, it is, you can't experience the power of results without the path of pain. Ooh. It's true. It's yeah. just like, it's absolutely true in every area of our lives. You can't experience the power of good sex without the path of, let's talk about how we can make our sex life better. Yeah. Like, I don't think, 
I think it's pretty rare where everything just comes together magically and everyone just like killing it all the time. Right. And I think that does happen, but there's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of communication. There's a lot of not connecting on a daily basis. There's kids. There's all these things that come into the mix. And it, it's true. You can't have the power of results without the path of pain. Well, even if it comes naturally for you and your sex life, there's other areas that are going to be painful or awkward or you're going to have to have these conversations. Right. You have to be vulnerable with your spouse. Uh, here's a few more of real life people who, and reasons why they stopped having sex with their spouse. This person said infertility killed my sex drive, which I know that's a big one that we've heard is I, I, it makes sense when you start to have to treat it as a to do it. And just like even you with your with not wanting to schedule it, it takes mm-hmm. out the the romance and the spontaneity. I've talked to men who have who have gone through this and they have literally said like it like it, and I know this is graphic but they've literally said like sometimes it literally just feels like you're sticking something through a hole like it does not Whoa. feel like anything you know it's just like what am I doing and it's awkward because they're like wait try this try this try that and they're killing the mood and I think it's sad I, I think that's I think that's a really touchy sad one um, and we are fortunate to have not been able to or not not had to experience that but we know so I'd many be people interested how people, how people navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. Drew. Um, this one said he withheld sex, said he didn't feel emotionally connected with me and we would go months without it. I suffered from depression, anxiety, you name it, mostly stemmed from him being a colossal butthole is how she said it. Didn't seem to process that when he treated me well, I was happy, didn't argue with him, did more around the house, took better care of myself. He just treated me worse and worse. The more depressed I got, and then the more depressed I got, the less connected I felt. He cheated. I got more depressed. He felt less connected. He sought emotional connections elsewhere, and it was a vicious cycle. That's sad. That's yeah. sad, but it's it it's unfortunately not one that I haven't heard before. Right. No. Uh, yeah. This is this is one that is is common, and we have heard. Uh, and I will say that when you look at this. If this is you and you're the person not connecting, you have to understand, dude, this is not about you. All right. Husband, wife, this is not about you. Just because you're not feeling connected or you're not feeling whatever, this is not only about you. And I know you've been conditioned to feel like everything is and has been about you, but this is not just about you. This is about you and your spouse being selfish together. Like we said in the last episode, being selfish together and understanding like we are trying to create the best life possible for each other and having a really strong sexual connection, however long that takes and however hard and difficult those conversations are, they need to be had and it needs to happen. Even if you feel like you're not into it. And I know I'm kind of contradicting the, the whole pity sex thing, but even if you feel like you're not into it, You've got to find a way to make this happen and then maybe talk about it. Hey, I wasn't into that, but I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I know that's what I was saying earlier where it's a slippery slope because you need to still be trying and it needs not be about you, but also you, no, the neither spouse wants a pity. No. It's hard. It's hard. But I think, I think that's why it's important that you're also connecting and talking on other levels, not just about sex. Because like I said, when you started doing things and realizing we were a team more, that made me feel more connected to you. And that in turn spilled over into our sex life. Or when I was taking care of myself physically and working out and eating well, that made me feel 
better about myself and, and you know what I mean? Like, yes, but we're talking about someone who has no desire to connect at all. They're like one foot in one foot out. Like they're one, one foot out the door. Right. Okay. When the kids are a certain age, when the kids are this, when the kids are that I'm out, this isn't working. And so they're completely robbing their spouse of sex along yeah. that, along that route. And they're probably justifying, well, I'm out anyway, Yeah. but that's not okay. No, like, that is in no way, shape or form saying I've done all I can do no. to bring connection. To and it's not only not fair to your spouse. It's not fair to you to live like that. Like to settle, right? To settle. Time is, time is literally precious. And to be one of these people who say, I'm just going to wait it out till the kids are gone. It's not fair. You only have, you know, you know what I mean? You don't, it's not. And, and, and it opens you up to, being vulnerable to other situations if you haven't already. So right. that's a whole other thing. Uh, two more on here that I had we'll wrap this thought were interesting. Up. This person said, I just taught myself to satisfy my own needs better. Just okay. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> honest. Right. I, that's yeah. They said they'd been married 17 years and this person was sexual and their spouse was not. And so they're just going on like this, hoping they literally say, maybe suddenly we'll hit a phase when the kid is grown up, or maybe we'll just go on like this. We love each other. So whatever happens, Dude, happens. Hope is not an action plan. We say it and we'll say it again. You've got to create a plan. Like there has to be a strategic something behind what you desire. Yeah. I think too often we just expect things are going to get better on their own. One day my spouse will realize that, they're not doing enough for me in bed or one day we'll have the right finances. One day we'll be romantic and it just isn't right. going we'll have to happen. Better connection when the kids are a little older and we don't get no. interrupted and dude, no excuses, no excuses because one of you, one of us should not be living in a certain way deprived and, and it's just not fair across the board. And Period. I know life's not fair, but as a couple, as a couple, you have to avoid the life's not fair mentality and understand like you're selfish together for connection for each other. I think we just need to take things like vows more seriously. Right. Honestly, I mean, we've talked about it before, but when you say those vows, however old you are, we were in our early 20s, you don't really necessarily know what you're saying or the real, uh, the heaviness, the importance behind a vow. And uh, again, that's a whole other thing, but that's, that's, you vow to take care of your spouse and to become one and all these things. And you know, yeah. sometimes I think we have to revisit that. And that includes the uncomfortable conversations that lead to putting a plan together. And I, like I said, what, what's the alternative? If you don't, what is the alternative? Think of whatever has struck you during this episode, whatever one has been like, Ooh, that's me. Or, or maybe we missed it, but think of your situation and where you're at and how it should be better. And you've got to buck up and have this conversation with your spouse. If you're listening to this, it's your responsibility. Boom. Boom. Shake the room. Stop doing that. Sorry. I am on it today. So look, we covered a lot. We got incredibly vulnerable. This is actually one episode that I'm not excited to share <laughs> for my own personal <laughs> self. Um, no, I mean, like I said, it's important to me to be vulnerable and transparent because I know somebody listened to this and heard Chris roasted me and they're like, Oh wait, I'm the <laughs> wife that's done that. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? So as usual, if this brought you value, 
against my will, I'm saying go ahead and share it against my will because it it is. This is the first time I've actually been like really. Yes, I am on Front Street here. We I I was last time. We had some on air arguments. You made me mad. This one, you you got a little crazy up in there in the belly. Up there in the belly. Well, you got a baby making you crazy. You, I, you know all the right, word, I know. right words to 